Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Jewish Teen Talk. Shuan Bashi here. Hi, everyone. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're trying this new format, this new way of getting to your questions. A lot of you have asked why uh, we've been away. And, uh, well, the <laughs> Yamtif, and also we're human, and life gets very overwhelming sometimes. And we, <laughs> we moved, and we haven't had time to get back to it. But we know that this is important for many of you. And so we are getting right back into Jewish Teen Talk, and we're going to be tackling and answering and discussing some of your uh, questions, and we will, Amir Hashem, be getting back to doing it on a weekly basis. Yes, and we're also hoping to get to more questions a week, because there's many, many questions that have come in that have been just sitting. Honestly, we're right now looking at questions that we still haven't spoken about that came in May, so that's not good because if some of you have been waiting around for your questions to be answered and you've been waiting months and months, we don't want that to happen on Jewish Teen Talk. Right. So that's the reason why we figured we're going to do this every week. We're going to be here for you. We're going to bring you also a video podcast so we can, you know, feel connected to all of you out there in some way by seeing us. And hopefully we can meet all of you too. Um, and if you still want to be featured on a podcast, we can still do, you know, a video on Zoom with someone. We can still do, we can still have teenagers also. Right. And we all, we will still be bringing guests also on our podcast. But we want to reassure you that this is us coming back and hopefully being here every week. Yeah. And uh, I think that it's going to be this time. It's just going to be us raw, less editing, just us putting ourselves out there and trying to answer your questions. So... So maybe I'll start with the first question because it's kind of a girl-related question Go and if she it. has anything to add. So the question that came in, again, we're going back to May, so I apologize for all of you who have been waiting for that long. Please hang in there because we always get to your questions. Every question is honored on Jewish Teen Talk. So with that being said, why are periods so taboo in the firm world? So I guess just to clarify for all our listeners out there or viewers at this point, when we're talking about a period, we're talking about a woman's menstrual cycle. So the question that came in, and I'm guessing it's from a girl, was why is a woman's menstrual cycle so taboo in the firm world? Like not spoken about. Exactly. So it's interesting because recently I had a conversation with a young girl, very young, um, very little. But um, what we were discussing was the fact that um, girls are discussing periods at a very young age, like probably in fourth, fifth, sixth, whatever grade, you know, a woman starts to mature. And where are they discussing it? In the bathroom, in school. Mm. So I just kind of like curiously asked her, do girls talk about this in class? And she said, no, like only in the bathroom. Mm. So my thought as, besides for being a parent of many young girls, thank God I've been blessed with many girls, um, also being a teacher in a girls' school and also having gone through my, gone through a religious school myself um, as a religious girl and now a woman, it made me question even more. And so I, I definitely agree with this question or why is it so taboo in the firm world in the sense that if we know that a woman's menstrual cycle is actually a very healthy part of who she is because it's 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 basically symbolic that the woman 
when her body functions properly, that means that eventually she can actually have children. Right. And it's a it's a beautiful way that Hashem created a woman. The fact that a woman can carry a child is unbelievable, is miraculous. And so this develop this stage of development that a young girl goes through in order to blossom and develop into a young woman who could eventually bear children and give birth is a beautiful process. And it's part of how Hashem created us women. So I think maybe, and I, I, I completely agree with everything you're saying, Rashi, I think maybe it's important to to distinguish between sneas and shame. Hmm. You know, so we have, as Yidin, we have boundaries that we put upon ourse- on ourselves or that Hashem asked us to do. And those are more sneas. And then taboo implies shame, that there's something inherently wrong about talking about periods. So um, periods is what it signifies is that there was a possibility, a woman's body had created a possibility for life, and the period is signifying that that possibility didn't uh, uh, become life, and that's ending. Yeah. That's what a period is. And so it's it's not sneers, let's say, so much a talk about it, because it's it's like mourning the loss of a possibility but not because there's anything wrong with it. Right. And that's I, I appreciate you bringing that up, Shu, because um, there's sneas and there's privacy. Hmm. And sneas and privacy are one. Because when you think about, you know, sometimes kids will wonder, and kids that are not necessarily watching movies or seeing these scenes, wonder, like, they don't know. Like, what you know, what a couple goes... What happens behind closed doors is what I'm saying. You know, and some kids, unfortunately, they do see it in scenes that don't necessarily portray it as sneas and the holy way that Hashem created things in this world. My point is that Hashem created sneas because there are certain things in this world that are private, that are not to share with everyone. Mm. I'm talking about, like, you know kissing between a man and a woman um, or showing affection to each other. If you look at religious couples and you look at the way that Hashem designed marriage, God designed marriage, it is very, it is very holy and it's, it's, it's private. Right. And so shame is like you were saying, Shu, shame is like that. It's that something's wrong about it. Right. So maybe the fact that girls are talking in the bathroom is not necessarily that there's something wrong because it's part of developing and it's the way Hashem created women. But maybe it's more that we can look at it like it's private. Like it's not something that a girl will raise her hand in class and say, oh, Mora, I heard about, you know, this and this. Can we talk about periods? Because it's it's something that not necessarily does every girl want another girl to know that she's at that stage of development. It's interesting because I actually learned that in some circles, they celebrate when a girl gets her period. Like the whole family does a Mm. whole, you know, the same way like when a girl's getting married. Jewish circles? Not necessarily Jewish circles. So I should be clear about that. But that they celebrate it. Um, You know, I heard, but I did hear of like, you know, a, a, a mother who when her daughter 
got her period, you know, like she got to that stage of her life. The mother gave her chocolates and mm. said, wow, Mazel Tov, this is such good news. Nice. So again, within the conf- within privacy, within the the umbrella, I get well, being sneeze, being private. And by the way, this is where we would edit because <laughs> because like I'm I'm hemming and hawing, but you're getting the raw version. That's the, <laughs> the hemming and the hawing. The hemming and the hawing. Yeah. So we have time and <laughs> we could do this every week. Um, so, I, okay, I think we could leave it at that. There's definitely more to discuss, but we want to get through um, questions. So the next question came in was, what do I do when I see that my go- my friend is going through pain, but I've got no way of helping her because she didn't want me to know. I just see. So I think this question is such an important question, not only for teens, but for everyone. Um, because I've been in situations where my friends, I know that they're going through something. Um, and I don't mention anything because they haven't mentioned Um Two points I wanted to bring up. First of all, the very fact that this questioner is talking about being able to recognize that somebody's going through pain is incredible. That mm. means that you have gone through pain be- because it takes one to know one. It takes somebody who's gone through pain to be able to see pain in someone else. And the other part of this question is the fact that pain has become something that we don't share. Pain has become something that we all do by ourselves. And pain that we carry on our own is so much more painful when we when we are able to do and, and go through painful things with a community and with and with friends and with help and support. Yeah. It doesn't make it less painful necessarily, but it makes it easier to bear. It's like shared a shared um burden. If I can add to that just you yeah, would, for yeah? sure. Just the thought that what you're doing as a questioner by writing to us is being a really good friend to her. Mm. Because, you know, you're saying um, that my friend is going through pain. I don't have any way of helping her. Um, you just see it. And so a lot of times, even if our friend does want us to know that they're in pain, a lot of times, and I've heard this from many teenagers, is that I don't know how to help them. And a lot mm. of times also teenagers it's too much for me to take on. Like if my friend is dealing with, maybe it's, maybe it's suicidal ideation. Maybe, and they told, they they told me about it and they said, don't share this with anyone. That's really big for someone to carry around. And we can't always help them. Um, So what you just did by, by not just did, sorry, this is coming from June, but just reaching out for help yourself yeah. And saying, like, I don't know how to help my friend is very, very courageous and is wonderful as a friend. And I want to encourage people out there, especially teens that are listening, that if you don't have a way of helping someone who's in a lot of pain, reach out for help. Reach out for help yourself. Yes, they need help, but you need help. You need support, too, how to be able to support your friend. And and then... I think the the other part is besides for getting for going for help for yourself and recognizing that you know as a friend it's hard for you to to carry this you know I I don't know if there's a way of 
knowing that your friend doesn't want you to know. That was a very um, long, drawn-out sentence, but just because someone finds it difficult to share doesn't mean that they wouldn't want help with their pain yeah. or, or they wouldn't want someone to, to, um, to know. A lot of times people just don't know how to ask for help or, or they, they think that uh, people don't know that you can ask for help, that that's even a possibility. Yeah, and and being a friend too on the other side where I saw someone who's going through pain and I want to help them but they don't want to accept the help. Sometimes being a friend, there's a saying, live and let live. And it's a hard one because when we see someone who's in pain and that person doesn't want to admit it or they don't want to ask for help, sometimes the only thing you really can do as a friend is let go. Let them go through what they're going through, even though it's very hard to watch it happen. Reach out for help yourself. I cannot um, emphasize it enough because I've been in that situation too, even as an adult, Yeah. where I so badly wanted to save someone from the pain they were going through. They weren't open to help and they didn't want me to talk about it or tell anyone. So I didn't, but I did reach out for my own support. So again, kudos to you for doing that for yourself, even if you so badly want to help your friend and get them out of their place of pain. Hashem has many different messengers to help others, and it might not be you, but being a good friend is getting the support that you need to get through this. Right. And I think maybe just just to... Because I wonder if it's always a matter of letting go, you know, uh, live and let live. I think maybe, and tell me if you disagree, Yeah. but I wonder if... You, the, the person also tell you if they disagree. Yeah, for no, sure. Sorry. They always have. <laughs> uh, I wonder if the person can reach out to their friend and yeah. say, I don't know if you want help. I don't know if you're going through anything, but it just looks like you're in pain and I want to be there for you. So, you know, what? maybe we can say it in steps, because as you're talking, I'm realizing mm. that maybe the first thing to do, especially if you're a teenager, like you're not, you know, at a stage where um you already have all this support and it's a friend who's just going through something painful. Like you're with this friend day in and day out. You yourself have your own things that, you know, we go th- like we go through as teenagers. I could say we because both you and I have been teenagers ourselves. Many moons ago. <laughs> but um, but maybe it's a maybe it's a OK. So maybe the first step to that we would suggest, at least based on our own experience, is make sure that you have your support in place, because if you're going to go and reach out to your friend and try to help them through their pain and you yourself are going to be giving up you or you're not going to have the resources it's not going to be a good a good recipe Mm. so i i would say like first get the support you need reach out to someone an adult a mashpia a mentor a therapist a parent somebody and say to them look i don't know what to do and, and ask them this question once you've you've made that step and you have backing then go on to what she was saying then you'll have the 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 you'll have the encouragement you'll have the the support you need to approach your friend to say look i'm worried about you right and i don't even know if you want help or if you want me to help you get help right and then once you do that and if they don't want the help then you have to live and let live so I think that's really good, broken down to steps. Well done, Pasha. Yeah. I'm actually laughing here because we set ourselves up that our kids finish school in a half hour. 
so we made sure that there's not going to be any kids walking in but if we're going live like this we might just have you know like little toddlers <laughs> that walk in in the middle and they join us in jewish teen talk because again we want to we really want to do this every week the amount of time it was taking to edit and to make sure there was no background noise that's why we had to pause for a while. Yeah. So you're just going to get the raw us, Baruch Hashem, with our family. We're getting real. We're getting real. As you're a Jewish Very real. Do you want me to okay. do the next one? Or? Sure, go ahead. Okay. Because if I say the question, then you have to, then you have the pressure to start to I'm answer a, I'm, it. I'm ready. Go for it. <laughs> My sister has been not doing some great things lately because she's got some not very good influencing friends. Hmm. What can I do for her to see Hashem and that everything is, is Ashkacha Pratis? Divine Providence. I want her to be from not religious. Not, not not religious. Not not religious. Right. So, um, wow. That's a tough place to be in. Um, I think it's important to bring in that obviously, you know, we want people, we have a Torah um, and we have mitzvahs and we have um, a way that we want people to behave and we know that s- certain things are what Hashem wants and, and certain things are not what Hashem wants and and you know besides for that certain things are just not good for us as people and when we see people hurting themselves and we see people acting in ways that we know are not good for them we want we want them to stop um, it, it's just something very beautiful that I just a way of looking at things is that you know, we talk about people who are off the derech. And somebody said, people are not off the derech, they are on their derech. Yep. So I, I think that's very important. In other words, we all have a path. And for some reason, some of these paths might go in places, in, in bad neighborhoods or, you know, not good places. And, and people's paths are... Um, sometimes very rocky, uh, but it's not that they're off the path; they're on their path. Yeah, and I I just want to add something. We did a episode. Um, can't remember right now which one, but I think it was one of the episodes that had the most listeners, and it was all about how do we become less judgmental of others. Um, and I just want to say something. A lot of people that walk around, that are dressed from, that look religious and seem it, it doesn't always mean that they are acting religious. Mm. And a lot of people that walk around that are not necessarily dressed religious or dressed sneeze or they seem not from, it does not mean that they are less connected to Hashem. Right. I know many people that don't dress the dress, they seem, you know, like they're not even that Jewish, and their connection to Hashem is even stronger than my own. And I know other people who are walking around dressed sneeze and doing everything, you know, looking the look, and there's many things that they're doing that are not what Hashem wants, whether it's going on their phone on Shabbos in secret, or um, they have boyfriends, they're, you know, they, they have, like, many things that... I'm not, I'm not here to say, you know, to judge what's, you know, that's Hashem. But my point is that they seem on the outside like they, they're totally religious. But who, my question is, who defines religious? 
But I also want to say that I hear how much you care about your sister and the fact that you're bringing up that she's not with good influenced friends. I'm not sure what you mean by that. Like these are anonymous questions. Does that mean that she's vaping? Does it mean that she's getting into um, like trouble with them in the sense that maybe they're selling illegal I don't know. Like, I mean, now drugs are more legal, but it, it doesn't mean that she's doing things that could harm her mm. or that they are harming her. Is she being like not untreated, like not treated well? So I don't really know what you mean by not good influenced friends, but it does definitely sound like you are worried about your sister. You like care concerned. about her yeah. and you want her to be okay, whether... So whether or not she's going to be from at the end of the day, it sounds like you care about her, that you want her to be okay. You want her to be happy. Mm. It, it's interesting because the questioner asked, what can I do for her to see Hashem? Yeah. And that everything is Hashkacha Pratis. A person can see Hashem and see that everything is Hashkacha Pratis and not be from. Yes. So how can I want her to be from and not, not religious? That is maybe something that um, is a different wish than wanting her to see Hashem and that everything is Hashkach Pratis. Yeah. And and for some people, the most important thing is from. Mm. I mean, and, and look, from means that... So that's what I'm saying. How do we define from? How do we define religious? Yeah. I think if we take a step back, the most important thing that Hashem wants, and we're told this by Tyra, is that Hashem wants us to follow in His ways. Why? Um, like this is Parshas Bechukaisai, so nothing like not necessarily this week, but something I heard, you know, um, based on Chabad Chasidis, which is why I'm Chabad, because I love how positive minded um, our upbringing is, is it's not in Bechukaisai Telechu, meaning Hashem saying to the Jews, if you go in my ways, then dot, dot, dot. That means Hashem's kind of like threatening us. Hmm. But as a parent, as a as a follower of Chabad, as a young Jewish woman, I was so touched when I learned it this way. Im means, im means please. Not if you go in my ways, then dot, 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 like Hashem wants to punish us. Please go in my ways, Hashem says. Because if you go in my ways, look at all this good that's going to come to this world. The mm. world's going to be a better place. So... Whether or not someone is as religious as we think they are, that's up to Hashem to decide. And that's why I brought in the word judgment, because I think that people who are judging others don't know where they're coming from, don't know what mm. they've been through. If you were in their shoes, like I think to myself, some people I really know very well, if I went through what they went through and they're religious, as religious as they are, I would not be religious. Right. So Hashem's the one who decides who's religious and who's not religious. Right. And... I guess maybe also to keep, to add to what you're saying. No, is add, because I, I said and, and I had no idea where I was going. So I'm so happy you're saving me. I, I kind of picked up on that. <laughs> <laughs> so I think just to add to what you're saying is that based on people's experience and knowing what, they, what they've been through and considering that, taking into account what they're doing, sometimes uh, actions have more weight based on experience. You know, Reb Levick of Bardichev would always, he was called the great uh, defender, the lawyer for the Eden. Hmm. Uh, and he, you know, he saw once a a, a, um, a guy was waxing with pig fat, his wagon wheel, so that it shouldn't squeak when he goes in the, in the thing. 
and he's wearing tefillin. And Ablavik turns, he always, he turns and he picks up his hands to Hashem and he says, Hashem, look how wonderful your people are. Even when they're waxing wheels, they're wearing tefillin. Wow. There's always a, a positive way of looking and, and things that, to take into consideration. So it's not always black and white. There's lots of shades of gray. And I also think that this question has a lot to do with the one right before that we just spoke about. Like, if you're worried about your sister and you care about her, you can also talk to her and say, look, you know, I'm, I'm concerned about you. I care about you. I love you. Like, you know, have an honest conversation with her. And, you know, you bring in Hashem, Hashkacha Pratis. Like, you can also talk to Hashem, too, and mm -hmm. ask him to protect your sister and to keep her, you know, with good friends and to... Keep her safe. Yeah. yeah. You know, because Hashem, every single Jew is an only child to Hashem. And Hashem yeah. wants everybody to be to be happy, to be safe, to be... Um, and, and to be as religious as... You know, he decides, I guess, with them. Um, how, how, how religious are meant to be. Exactly. And to follow in his ways. That's really yeah. what Hashem asks us. And when you ask your sister, it's it's a good way to say it is, how can I be there for you? Instead of saying what you want for them, ask what do they need from you? And that might be if someone's in pain or someone's not going through something and not doing things that are helpful to them and doing things that are harmful for them um, that's sometimes a good way of asking yeah okay next question someone ask I'll do it <laughs> why is it that all the from kids are always picked on from friends and sometimes teachers so um, I love that there are questions that teens ask from their perspective and their life stories and they use um, things like always <laughs> and all. And it seems like this question is um, coming from a, a place where the, the questioner is not in the firmest of schools. The environment doesn't seem like it's so from. And this person is more from. And being from is not looked upon as... A, a, a admirable or a positive thing and, and they're getting lots of flack for it. So could we just define what's from for everyone out there? Like when we're saying the word from, we interchange it with the word religious. Right. And, and you know, it's interesting. Like we do need to define the word from because of people who, here who are not religious or who might not know, uh, uh, you know, um, what the word means based on their upbringing or whatever it is. But I think that the word, that the idea of being religious is something that everybody needs to define for themselves. Yeah. And that's between you and God. Yeah. Because Hashem is the one who decided, God decided what religion is, especially the Jewish religion. Mm. God decided what it takes to be religious. Right. So... Hashem is the one who asked us to dress a certain way, who asked us to act a certain way, who asked us to eat a certain way. There are many reasons. We don't know really the reasons for everything he asked us to do. Mm -hmm. So being religious, acting religious, and staying religious is between God and I. Right. So why is it that all the from kids are picked on? Why are Jews picked on? Why did 
why were we slaughtered just just a few days ago? Why does well, Esav hate Yaakov? Yeah. Um, it's a great question, and it's a question that we've been asking for thousands of years. You know, and uh, the answer is, and I don't know if this is this could be uh, picked on from friends who are less religious, and sometimes teachers who are less religious. It doesn't necessarily mean people who hate Jews and who. Um, you know, or anti-Semitic in any way, but just to go in that direction for a moment, when people are asking about how can these type of things happen, you know, we ask, and I, I, maybe this is left field, but I think it's important to say, because I feel like this war and the atrocities that happens really shake our, our belief. They, they, they shake the foundations of our faith, you know, the God that I believe, what was he sleeping? Like, what happened? How could this happen? So, you know, it's important. And it's not an answer necessarily that will give us, uh, um, answer all the questions. But it's important to go back to the Agada and to read the words of Vahisha Amda that our faith is what brought us through. Vahisha Amda Lavesenu Vilanu. This, in every generation, it wasn't, they weren't the only ones. Hamas was not the first ones that stood up and tried to kill us. Every generation, there are people who stand up and try to kill us. Yeah. And Hashem always saves us from their hand. You know, um, I, I read recently about a story from the um, Baba Vareva, who lost his entire family, his wife, and 10 children they were some of them were married he had grandchildren they were all wiped out a whole family i think it was like 10 children 10 children yeah. and, and 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 they had kids some of them were married and had kids yeah. and they were all wiped out and he came to america he started a new chsidis and he remarried and he had another whole generation of children and they asked him how did you do it your whole family was wiped out and you're just picking up and starting again. You don't have questions on God. You're not wondering what, how, how did you come and, 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 and he answered, he said that I'm sure that if I were to ask God why he did it, God would say, come with me, let me show you. And God would take me up to heaven and he would show me exactly why he did it. Because God has reasons, even though we can't understand and it's painful. God has reasons. But he said, I want to stay here. Hmm. So I just have to trust that God has reasons, but I'm not going to understand what those reasons are. God himself has to explain. Yeah, and so along the lines of what you're saying, Shu, like I've heard something very powerful, especially in COVID, when um, I set up a class, a learning Sharbitachon, which is all about trusting and believing in God. It's amazing. It's like, you know, changed my life. I'm still, I learn it again and again. I'm on the second round now. The mm. third, maybe, I think. Um, I learn it by osmosis from Bashi. <laughs> so the word why, when we ask the word why, we're in victim mode. Mm. Why me? Why is this happening to me? Why would God do this to me? Why is everybody picking on me? If we shift the why and we switch the word to what, then we're in action mode. We are open to new possibilities we're open to answers we're open to you know like okay 
then you know what, if I was chosen, let's say we would switch the question just for, you know, um, to play devil's advocate, I guess, or to just try right. this. Because we really are not answering what you asked. Mm. We ans- we answering our own questions. Sorry. Yeah, we totally went off. We spoke about the war in Israel, which I think is really important to address. Mm. So we kind of piggybacked off your question. But, but we'll get back to it. But let's get back to it now, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Before the kids start coming in. And No, I'm joking. Why is it that all the from kids are always picked on from friends and sometimes teachers? What if we just switch it a little bit and we say, what is it about from kids that makes friends and teachers always pick on them. Hmm. So even if, I don't know if you realize, but when we're in why, we're kind of sitting in the mud, like why, why me? Right away when you put the word what, it's a little bit more proactive. Like, okay, Empowering. now. Yes. So what is it about from kids, religious kids, that makes friends and teachers pick on them? And that's where Shua was coming from. It's not just religious kids. I don't know if you know you're talking about someone who's in public school, who's the only Jewish kid, or if you're in a Jewish school and you're one of the religious ones and kids are making fun of that. But she was, you know, giving on a global level, like what we're dealing with right now as a nation, as a Jewish nation, we're picked on and we're being targeted just because we're Jewish. Right. So that's our crime that, right, that we're trying to live in the land that was promised to us and that we're, we're Jewish. So, sorry. So just, I'm just finishing my thought. What is it? So guess, I guess I'm throwing this on to you, Shua, because, you know, I'm pretending I have the question because I don't have the answer. <laughs> what is it about being religious that makes it that people are picking on or targeting us? Right. So, I mean, I think there are many answers. But one that comes to mind is that something about being from is living a life according to your ideals, you know, it's not... Or God's ideals. No? God's ideals. It's not an easy life, but it's a life that we're, we're dedicating yeah. to service of something that's higher than ourselves. And when you see someone, people see someone who's dedicating their life and means it in, an, in, a, in a true way, that brings to mind the ways in which they are not living according to their own ideals. Hmm. And that angers people when they're reminded of their um, own shortcomings. They, so um, in the best situation, a person would look inside and say, hey, what is it about, you know, like the Baal says, uh, and I'm paraphrasing here, if you spot it, you got it. If I see a, fault if i see something in someone else that means there's something in me that's triggering me so if i'm being upset by their firmness their religiousness what is it about myself that i need to improve that would be the optimal way but if somebody doesn't want to look inside what they're going to do is put the other person down yeah and this is and this is i mean in general when people are teasing putting other people down it's because they don't want to look at themselves they don't want to look inward so it's always easier to you know, blame it on someone else. And like we said in a previous podcast, and now I could actually show it with my fingers, but when you're pointing at someone else, there's three fingers. Okay, now it looks like a gun. But when you're pointing at someone else, there's three fingers pointing right back at me. Mm. But instead of looking inwards at myself, what's coming up for me, what's bothering me, and I spoke about this too with Amanda on our last um, episode, um, what's like, I just want to focus on the other person because it's easier to tease and pick on someone else than actually look inside. Right. 
So the next question, I believe we already covered. So I'll, I'm going to say the question, and I'll, I'll uh, mention where you can look up the answer. And if you find that that app, uh, app podcast does not fully answer the question, we will def please write to us and we'll definitely explore it further. Yeah. But I would recommend that you look at our podcast with Srili. And oh, I'll have to figure out which one it is. I have no idea. Yeah, I'll take a look while we're talking. Okay. Um, then we had some feedback. Uh, so the question was, is there an inherent problem with talking slash hanging out with girls and vice versa? Um, so, and they apologized really nicely if this was already asked, just on listening to your podcast. It was already asked in a different form. And uh, we dis we um, we will, uh, you know, cover it more if there's more to ask. It's episode 20 with Srili. Mm. Um no, keep talking. I'll find the real one. Oh, the real one. Okay, it's not episode <laughs> 20. Okay. Um, I just, I also wanted to share about um, some feedback that we received. Can okay. We... No, but let's, can we address the question a little bit? While yeah, I'm, sure. Because this person, so, okay, maybe you look it up while I, so is there an inherent problem with talking, hanging out with girls and vice versa? We actually spoke about it in quite a few episodes. Okay. So Shua did speak about it with Srili, which we're trying to find, you know, so we can refer to it. Um, I think it was episode yes, 20. Yes, I'm sorry. It was episode 20. And then even episode 19, the question was, what's wrong with talking to guys? So it would right. be, you know, by... Episode 19, probably more at length. And episode 20, we touched on it as well. And then we also spoke about it when Shua interviewed in episode 18... With Ellie, we, we spoke about having platonic relationships. It seems to be a recurring theme, a very popular question. Yeah. So look back. Episode 18, 19, and 20 will have that answer for you. And again, thanks for thanks for asking because maybe there are those that haven't heard yeah. those pro, those episodes. So we, re, we encourage you to listen so you can get your answer. Yeah. And if anybody has always more to ask or, you know, like feedback for us or you want to challenge us, please send it in to our website, um, jewishteentalk.com. It's in an anonymous way. We always encourage questions, and maybe we'll end with this last feedback that we okay. got. So Chava said, and we so appreciate the feedback, by the way, because sometimes we put these things out there, and we have no idea if anybody's even listening. <laughs> We're just putting things out there into the world. So it's good to know that... Um, People are listening. Chava said, this isn't a question. I just wanted to let you know that I asked the question about how to gain confidence and you answered it in such a practical and clear way. I never got an answer for that question. And now I got such a good answer. Thank you so much and keep doing the amazing work you're doing. So you're welcome, Chava. And that was episode 17 that Chava was referring to with Ida Schottenstein, right. where we covered that question. And that's, this is what keeps us going, you know, when we, when we see that... It's helping others and it's helping you. Um, so we're back. <laughs> we'll be back next week. Yeah. Keep asking your questions. And uh, if you want to um, know anybody, of anyone who might want to sponsor an episode, let us know. If you want to ask, have any questions that you want to have answered, please uh, submit them on JewishTeenTalk.com and keep sending in your questions. Have a wonderful Shabbos. Take care, everyone.